0: Our guest today pastors a dynamic, multifaceted church with a very broad ministry, but yet maintaining its priorities and focus on the fundamentals of the gospel. Pleased to have join us today, the senior pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton, Pastor Derek Meekins. And Pastor Meekins, thanks so much for spending some time with us today.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. You are a
0: lifelong Bay Area native. A little bit of time that you, you spent uh, serving out of state, but, but generally most of your life and your ministry has been right here at home in the San Francisco Bay Area. I want you to maybe kind of um, set the perspective for our dialogue today, and share with us a bit more with our listeners uh, some of your your background. I understand uh, born and raised in Fremont, and a proud graduate of Fremont Christian High School.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I graduated. Uh, what was it, '85? Uh, and about three months later, I uh, decided to go to Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas where I was there for two and a half years. And I think that set the stage of my, my calling and just a passion for an international church. And, uh, it was, it was just an amazing school met my lovely wife there of 33 years. So, um, just a lot of great things happened in Dallas. And, uh, and then, um, uh, from there, uh, we were there for about five years, and then we moved back to the Bay Area. I, I graduated there. I graduated from Bethany uh, College in Scotts Valley uh, near near Santa Cruz. And then uh, after that, uh, served some time as a children's pastor at Fremont First Assembly at the time. Now it's Harbor Light. And then um, I went to uh, Arizona. My wife and I went to Arizona. We are children's. Pastors there for about four years and then uh, church in Livermore, California called me to come be their senior pastor. So went there, served there for eight years uh, and then came from there to uh, through just roundabout way to here and started uh, uh, pastoring here, uh, co-pastoring and then eventually became the senior pastor. So it's been a journey, but I've loved every step of it.
0: You mentioned about the the sort of global or international scope of the ministry of Harvest Valley which fits hand in glove with a lot of the overseas missions work that you have done over the years. Just before we came on the air today, you mentioned to me that you've been in upwards of uh, 38 countries, of which I will confess I'm I'm slightly jealous (laughs) because you got me beat by uh, by a couple of three there. But I have to wonder, Pastor, from your perspective, um, given the opportunity that God has presented for you to get a chance to travel overseas, to get perspective not only on the church, but life... uh, very different places than what we're used to here in in the West and specifically in the United States. Has that in, in in your opinion helped not only lay the groundwork, the foundation, but also given you unique perspective for the kind of ministry that you do today in Pleasanton, given the the global nature of the San Francisco yes. Bay Area, my goodness, you yeah. think about the mission field. I think, well, you can get a passport, get on an airplane, and go overseas, or you can open your front door because every tribe, every tongue, almost every nation is represented here in the San Francisco Bay Area.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I, I wasn't expecting it. You know, I am definitely a local pastor. I'm a shepherd here. I don't. I'm not. I don't protest. Uh, to be a uh, evangelist, but God has just called me at at various times to go and help churches and missionaries and and, and ministers that are over there through relationship. But in return, when I come back, God always seems to give us uh, a representative of the nations that we've gone to. So it's really cool at our church. We have about 28 nations represented. Wow. at our church and it's multifaceted multi-international and we just love it it's some it was a passion i always asked for uh god to just give me an international church and and it's great uh that he has i mean it's uh people made a comment of how diverse our church is in in ethnic and 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 that diversity, and I love it.
0: And fascinating how that diversity is not only representative certainly of the San Francisco Bay Area, representative of many of your travels overseas, as we mentioned, upwards of some 38 countries that you've had the privilege of of going to and ministering in, but ultimately representative of heaven. And, and maybe that's an important reminder for all of us as we, we call the San Francisco Bay Area home. And with all of this diversity means a very unique opportunity for believers here in the Bay Area to reach other peoples and recognize with the amount of, of, of motion and travel that takes place that there's a good chance that someone that we reach today for Christ, who then becomes a disciple, might someday go back to their home country on a trip or to live permanently and bring the gospel there. So that sense of the, the the manner in which God set up this phenomenal sense of each one, teach one, reach one in discipleship uh, really is is a special opportunity that we enjoy here in the San Francisco Bay region, perhaps un- unlike any other part of the country or maybe even the world.
1: It's so true. I mean, the the opportunity we have to touch nations, because it's not just people that are here, from other nations. It's leaders. Because of our education system here, our universities, they all and, you know, we recognize that the leaders have assembled here. And what a great opportunity to share the love of Jesus and hopefully get some of those in, get them equipped and discipled and then sent out into their various countries. And that's that's the greatest privilege I see is that it's like the, uh, the the you know that, that 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 time of Pentecost when all from people from all nations assembled and what happened in that moment and then that expersion going out to all nations from there uh, we're seeing that here and you know the we recognize like like everyone in the Bay Area it, we're we live in a very transient uh, area. I mean, we're very fortunate to have people that are here for about four years. Most people have to transition because, obviously, the pay, the cost of living here. So, um, when people come here, we better jump into their lives asap because we don't know how long we have with them, and we we see that as an opportunity as well as a blessing. And when we have to say goodbye, uh, it's it's usually for great reasons that they're going to a place where they're going to make an impact wherever they go. So um, that that's the privilege I see, is that we have a moment in time to really transform or Christ transform lives uh, so that they could be, have an even greater impact where they're where
0: they're headed. I think that's a very important perspective, because you're right. Uh, Life in the Bay Area, life in California, for that matter, is very uh, transitory. I mean, the the fact that there are two Bay Area natives having a conversation right now is (laughs) unique in and of itself. But it's almost as if, in a sense, God has set up this region to be missionary sending in that people will come. As you point out, folks come from literally across the globe, either to take avail of our technology or of our education, and then they go back to another part of the country, another part of the world. And if during that moment in time, we as the church have had an opportunity to touch their lives, to reach them for Christ, when they leave, we just don't say goodbye. It's almost like we're sending a missionary off from the, the Bay, Bay Area. Area to another part of the country or another part of the world. And and that makes it not only very special and I think very unique, but also ought to give us a heightened sense of the tremendous opportunity and responsibility we have as believers as such in the Bay Area, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, um, one of the things I do is when um, someone comes in our church that is from a different country, uh i try to connect um and see how i can not just serve them in our churches as a shepherd but to to find out about their family and if there is ministry opportunity where they live i would say half of the countries that i have visited have come from our own congregation that that discussion we had and, and they set it up so when we have that discussion and they say, well, yes, there's a need over whether it's India, Africa, wherever it is. And they say, can can you come out there and, and teach my family or my, my, my community. And so we try to make that possible. And that's, that's a beautiful thing because I don't think there's anything more endearing outside of the love of Jesus Christ than to have someone that really has a desire for your family and how you were raised and so uh that's that's that endearing factor that just keeps on uh it keeps on propelling itself beyond here you know so yep. today it's just great that I have friends all over the world that have uh it's it's kind of happened through this this avenue.
0: If you've just joined us, our conversation today with Pastor Derek Meekins, Senior Pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Pastor Derek Meekins, Senior Pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton. Pastor Meekins, I want to return back to our dialogue we left off just prior to the break. And so there's that sense of ministry, not just in in Judea, uh, in in your case, uh, Judea being Pleasanton, but Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And I would suspect, and and, uh, correct me or bear me out on this, that as you've had an opportunity to travel, and while you might have gone to regions of the world that have very different customs, certainly different languages, different ways of doing things, different ways of thinking, they talk about oftentimes the, the difference between the Western mindset versus the Eastern mindset. Have you found that ultimately, if you dig down below the surface, people are people.
1: That's right. And
0: they're people so in need true. of a Savior. They want to be acknowledged. They want to be loved. They may not all recognize the need for forgiveness, but that, that opportunity for forgiveness, reconciliation, and ultimately relationship with the one thing we all have in common, and that is our Heavenly Father, that, that at the end of the day, no matter where you travel, no matter what the language is, they're all still people.
1: That's right. People need. It doesn't matter who you are. We all need to be set free. We need to be delivered. We need to be um, killed of many things. You know, I would say. I would say that. Um, you know, it's. It's sadly what I've seen in our country is that divisiveness that has kind of gives us this idea that we can't understand what someone else is going through because we're not this person or that person or we don't come from this culture, which is a lie. It's a lie. It's, it's you know, I, I understand the sensitivity that we have to have, but at the same time, I believe that there is this commonality we have that if we would, like the Bible says, us come together in reason. And we'll see it is that if we just let allow the love of Jesus to shine through our lives and and show some temperance here and there, uh, we'll recognize, my gosh, there's really nothing that separates us other than just, you know, certain things we like to do and not like to do, you know,
0: Yeah, sadly, sometimes we we get so caught up in focusing on the differences. And the enemy, of course, he is as wise as can be. He knows how to manipulate our frailties and our sinful nature and use it to drive a wedge. And, you know, the old adage divide and then conquer. And that that can happen either within a church or or certainly within a nation. And it's always interesting to to look at the telltale signs of history and see the way in which previous great societies, great empires, great cultures have, on average, usually collapsed not because they're fighting the enemy from without, but instead Fighting the enemy from within, and That's maybe right. the maybe the message here, particularly for the church today. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about racial divide, things of this sort. We've seen the tensions uh, spill into the streets over the last several years, and some people scratch their heads and say, "Well, how do we find an answer to these problems? How, how do we go about creating a sense where there can be some kind of reconciliation?" And in my mind, right. those that have the greatest key to that answer is the church itself. If we can be reconciled unto very God himself with this chasm called sin that separates us, and yet through Christ's work on the cross we can be forgiven and reconciled, then we of all people ought to be the ones to model what reconciliation looks like not just on the vertical plane between man and God, but also on that horizontal plane between each other.
1: That's right. I mean, we can't deny that one of the 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 big factors of the devil is he is the accuser of the brethren, and he he doesn't need a rhyme or reason. He doesn't. He will manipulate circumstances in our mind to make us think that this person or that person uh, we can never connect with, or they don't love us, or they can't relate. And that is such a lie. And I think Christians if we would just pause for a second and instead of going down that rabbit hole of maybe they're offended at me, just pray and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of offense. I rebuke this, whatever is there, uh, Lord, just reveal it, reveal it. And I think when you do that and you just take a pause instead of, you know, saying, you know, Cause let's just be honest I think the majority of the body of Christ if if we're honest uh the, the fractions that happen it's not because of anything other than you got offended <laughs> you got offended at someone or something and is that worth really transitioning is it worth um you know isolating yourself and just saying uh, church is not for me uh i disagree i i i think if we just try again um we have to try again and and that's what i've um what i've experienced through this uh pandemic is that it kind of gave the body of christ an excuse to step away and it's hard to reengage again just because um of a lot of things and uh it it you know the body of Christ is not uh it, it's not the easiest to connect with just because of people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the message we love the people we're indifferent to and But you cannot do church without people. Yeah,
0: this is so true. You
1: really can't.
0: There was one one pastor that put it this way, talking about uh, those who are um, hesitant or have not yet embraced the gospel. And they've said that, well, on average, we find one of two things that are true. They've never made a commitment to Christ because they've never met a Christian or they've never made a <laughs> commitment because they have met a Christian. So.
1: <laughs> it's so true. I mean, and I just I I see that firsthand. It's it's just you you have to submit to a, a, a larger group. It, it the Bible says, "Don't forsake the assembling together," because there's so much that goes on. And I am very sensitive. We have. Three types of services we have online. Um, we, we, we try to make it as, as easy as possible to come into our services, whether you're online. We have an outside patio service now, which is, I would say, one of the most unique uh, aspects of our church. We, we started this during the pandemic for those that didn't feel comfortable going inside yet. Well, when everything lifted, we're like, well, this is such a wonderful avenue. So we create, we have a big 90-inch screen there. It It's piped in from the sanctuary out there. We have comfortable chairs and really nice sound system. So everything is experienced outside as it is inside. So they, they thought they thought
0: they thought Robert Schuler was crazy. Now we're finding out he's the smartest guy in the room.
1: Yeah. And you know the, the thing I like about it is it's kind of that medium area that people can still fellowship with the body of Christ but maybe they're still a little hesitant of coming inside. So but we have three options and I, I I'm just a big advocate of just if you can get to church because something happens when you rub shoulders with one another and you communicate the spirit of God, you can sense it through the radio. You can sense it through the television. You can sense it, but there's something about coming together in unity and, uh, there, th- that's, th- th- there's a very special thing that happens. And, uh, I've been in church a long time and, and, you know, it, it, it's, it, there's a powerful presence there. And we at, at, at our church, we really accent that we, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and what he's able to do in the midst of us when we, when we join together. And there's healing. We've seen, Documented healings. We have altar time where we're praying for the Bible says if they're sick, call for the elders. Let them lay hands on the sick. So that's done. That's a physical connection there, and we see that happening. Um, So yeah, as but but at the same time, I believe that if you are if you need to be away from the church, maybe you're on vacation or you're just whatever you're not feeling good man what a great avenue radio and and podcasts are and and so we we, we just don't have one. We have all three. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you
0: know, har- harvesting every means of technology uh, so that we can reach as many as we possibly can by whatever means that seems to be the most effective at the moment for that person, I think is something that we're compelled to do. And if you've just joined us, our conversation today with Pastor Derek Meekins, Senior Pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Pastor Derek Meekins, Senior Pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton. Pastor Meekins, I want to return back to our dialogue we left off just prior to the break. Pastor Meekins, regarding the church coming together. You know, if you talk to any machinist or metal worker, and ask about how one piece of metal interacts with another one, they will steadfastly tell you that if you hold those two pieces of metal far apart from each other, not much change will happen. Mm -hmm. But if you bring those two pieces of metal together and rub one against the other, that iron sharpening iron, as scripture tells us, is the way in which we encourage each other, hone each other, keep each other accountable and the way in which true discipleship takes place. And so, you know, yes, we've had to kind of live through some some unique and challenging times, and, and perhaps there's aspects of the way we do church today that have changed and will never go back to what they looked like yeah. in the pre-COVID era. Nevertheless, I think using the the technology and taking down as many barriers as we can to get the gospel out to many as many people as we can, uh, while at the same token, emphasizing the importance of that 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 tactile interaction with each other is really key. I totally agree.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's talk a bit about uh, another. I want to kind of take a turn here for a moment. where well, we've been talking about international matters. You had mentioned to me before we came on the air today that God has privileged you on more than one occasion to travel to a part of the world that has been very much um, the center of news of late and not in a good way. And that is Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And while people perhaps, if, if we're old enough, have a certain image about the former Soviet Union in mind and the younger people today may have no perspective on some of the history whatsoever, I want you to take a moment because there has been propaganda that has tremendously reviled the people of Ukraine. And I think it's important that we be reminded That there is not just a remnant, but there is, in fact, a very strong presence of a vibrant evangelical Christian community in Ukraine that is right now suffering and really needs to be uh, the center focus of our prayers. Share a little bit, if you would, about some of your experiences and what God has shown you, what he's doing in Ukraine in spite of these terrible circumstances.
1: Well in 2004 I one of my visits I came there really to preach at churches and I found myself in the middle of their orange red revolution where uh Russia was bringing their candidate and and there was um the whole thing basically what happened was they they tried to uh push this candidate through and ultimately the people stood up well the church was in conflict cuz KGB was coming in and threatening the church with, if you talk, tell these people to go to the recall, revote, then they're going to, you know, have some bad things happen to them. Little did I know this. I went to a church, spoke at the church, and then a pastor afterwards came and said, would you mind speaking with some pastors? And so I did. And so little did I know that this this small group of people turned out to be 100 ministers and they asked me a question, which is 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 kind of surreal to what's going on today. They said, "How do we stand up as a church to all the pressure that we're feeling? What can we say as it relates politically to to what's going on?" Which was a real loaded question for me because I knew that, uh, and they told me uh, that there could be some KGB there and so it was it it was kind of an angst issue but uh, I said you know I just felt like the Holy Spirit said tell them to vote their convictions don't make this political make it spiritual vote your convictions and when you do that you're you're going to vote the right way because when the Holy Spirit is leading something and they loved it so much they put me on uh, their Christian radio which I think at the time reached half a million Ukrainians and I said the same thing and they loved it I didn't I didn't see I didn't feel like it was anything you know uh, unearthing that I I said but it was something that they needed to know at that point and I think that's where the churches today uh, fast forward to our, our present time is they're probably at that point. Where they just have to stand up and 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 just go after what the Holy Spirit is is telling them to do, which I know is uh, to be free. Uh, to whom the sun set free is free indeed, and and I know they're they're that that's the what I get the sense of is their that the passion that they have is we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to a time when we had to, you know, be this underground church. We want to stand up. And so that's my feeling after, you know, watching the news and looking and hearing some of the, you know, that that resolute stand that they have is no, we're not going back. And and, and knowing the history of 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 their 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 pre-communist days they're they they we don't. I think here in the states we can't. In, in the nations that I've been to, it's it's funny because we see communism as this like thought, like it's this okay. Maybe it might be good or this socialistic. Maybe it might be good, but when you talk about pe- when you talk to people that have been through it, that have gone through communism, they're like absolutely not. You don't want to even smell like it. It's the worst thing that can ever happen to you, and so we have several people from the Eastern Bloc that that is at our church, and they're like they can smell what's happening in our nation, our current our nation, and they're saying, "Whoa, whoa, we don't 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 buy into this uh, agenda that is basically silencing or canceling." Because that is a direct relationship to communism and, and it's a very slippery slope. So although we're distant from Ukraine uh, by, by, by uh, meters, we are very, very close to them because we're fighting our own battle here for freedom. It's just a different battle.
0: That's right. And, and, you know, the interesting thing right now, we look at the headline news every day, and and we kind of think of this, unfortunately, sadly, in in very narrow terms as, well, it's a war. So there's going to be casualties. There's going to be guns that are going to be fired. Eventually, there's going to be a, a victor, and there's going to be a victim. Right. But on the broader perspective here, and I think this goes to the heart, Pastor Meekins, of what you're touching on, The real battle here is not over territory, though it seems to be. It's over hearts and minds. The real battle that's being waged here, and Christian, hear this, is not a battle against flesh and blood. It's It's a battle against powers and principalities in high places. And when Scripture talks about putting on the full armor of God... I think we really need, in this day and age, to be mindful of not just what that is, what it means, but be engaged in doing that every single day. Because whether you're in Ukraine fighting a real battle along with that spiritual warfare, or here at home in the Bay Area, we're all engaged in one degree or another of spiritual warfare. Sadly, some don't always recognize it. And um, how how we engage in that battle. And in the end, of course, we know we've read the end of the book. We know who wins. Yes. But in the meanwhile, to remember that it's not about ourselves. I hear people get caught up in things like, well, you know, if I wear a face mask because of COVID, they're taking away my First Amendment rights. And I think to myself, yeah, you want to try being in a place like Moscow. Yes. Pre-fall of communism, where if you were caught praying over a meal in a restaurant, you might very well likely wind up being the guest of the KGB and being questioned. And there are other parts of the world to this very day that if they found a Bible in your possession, you will not only go to jail, but in North Korea, for example, it's tri-generational punishment. That's right. So you could see your children and your parents wind up in a gulag along with you for no other reason than possession of the printed word of God. Now, that's something that we, I think, really need to take to heart and and recognize. And when we talk about, you know, the, the, the persecution we go through, think about the kind of real persecution as unto death that many of our fellow believers face on a daily basis, and the obligation is we have as believers here in the West to not only stand in the gap for them prayerfully, but along the way to be about the master's business and, as we said earlier, sharing that gospel and impacting lives in our Judea, our Samaria, and, yes, too, in the uttermost parts of the earth. Would you agree?
1: I totally agree, and, you know, I'll give you an example. When I came there in 2004, the the psychological effect that communism has— On a people. So they're about 15 years removed from the Iron Curtain falling. And yet, the church I went to had about 200 members. They had a beautiful church. I went into the church where the main sanctuary was. No one was there. I asked the pastor, Where are we meeting? He said, In the basement. And I said, Why are you guys in the basement? He says the people are still afraid. They still haven't got out of the basement. And I would say, just as you, you'd say, we're not battling flesh and blood here. Because what has happened is it affects our mind and our heart to the point where we get afraid. And I would tell, you know, us living in America Utilize the freedoms that God has given us. Don't underestimate them. Use them, use them to your greatest extent. Because when you don't have them, you don't have them. And thank God every day for them and cherish them. Don't, you know, there's always going to be bad and good when it comes to freedom of speech. We know that. Um, but you know what? The worst is when you don't have it at all, and it has a. Uh, you, you know, you, we have to stand up for our our freedoms. I, I would say that those Ukrainians, I tell you, they don't. They are at a place. Uh, I just know this, where the, so much water has gone under the bridge with them getting past what they once were. And they don't want to go back, and I think there's a spiritual tie into that because the Bible is very clear. I think Paul talked about it. Says, you know, the, the the liberty that God has given you. Why go back? Why why step back into this life of fear? And 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 when He's done so much for you, so uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad that our nation is standing with. Ukrainian people uh, but you know it's it's something that we have to consider ourselves and although we don't have to you know navigate tanks and missiles and bombs we do have to navigate uh, um, all the attacks that are coming at us as as the church and say you know what I'm not going to give into this fear I'm not going to give in to this narrative This is not of God. We have to stand up for who we are in Christ.
0: If you've just joined us, our conversation today with Pastor Derek Meekins, Senior Pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation in just a moment. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We're visiting today with Pastor Derek Meekins, Senior Pastor of Harvest Valley Church of Pleasanton. Pastor Meekins, let me return to what we were discussing just prior to the break, and I think too, at the same token, Pastor, recognize that you know, oftentimes, and we kind of touched on this on the periphery earlier in our dialogue, that 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 sometimes we we see a group or an individual that appears to be standing up against us. And so now we, we set our gun sights on them. Yes. And and, and we, we, we perceive them to be the enemy, when in right. fact that's not the true enemy of our soul. They oh, may be no. used as a tool that's of the right. enemy. That's but right. at the end of the day, as I said earlier, we battle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places. And if we're going to use the, the God-given privileges and rights that we have been afforded, of free speech, let us first and foremost, not focus on just wanting to speak our mind, because quite frankly, when a lot of people just speak their minds, you find out that they're mindless, (laughs) but rather use it to be proclaiming Christ crucified, his work on the cross, and man's need for forgiveness and reconciliation. Because as we said earlier, at the end of the day, this is not about building the kingdom, small K, it's about building his kingdom, capital K, And um, you know, we we look at the makeup of the Bay Area and the diversity that we enjoy, and it's just a little bit of a glimpse of what heaven is going to look like. That's right. And so, I guess you know, the the final analysis right now, we we need to be about the Master's business, don't we? Because the the time draweth nigh.
1: You know, you have so you don't have that much opportunity for influence. Use it wisely speak about Jesus when you get the opportunity share the love of Jesus you know yes it's important to talk about other things too but you know time is i in my opinion time is drawing near where i you know i believe like you that there's an end to all this i don't know when that is i believe we're in the dispensation of the last days and being at that time, we have to pick our bat- battles wisely. We have to choose to be on the side of sharing the love of Jesus instead of our own opinions about things. And, and, uh, it, yeah, yeah, I agree because there is a lot of nonsense out there, a lot of, uh, stuff that we're saying that really, as it relates to the time and the season we're in, uh, that that's way down the the, the ladder of importance, yeah, right?
0: Don't now. don't let the devil distract you because if he if he if you do and he does, he will surely get you off course, and uh, and 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 as a result, uh, make you of no effect. That's Let's right. spend a moment, if we can, Pastor Meekins, and talk a bit about what God is doing at Harvest Valley Church there in Pleasanton.
1: Yeah, I mean he's. It you know we're like probably uh, most churches, uh, people are coming back now. Uh, There's this comfortableness of just saying, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And like I mentioned before, uh, I, I think that's our advantage with having inside, outside, and online. It's it's like you know you you have a place regardless, and we we really try to be intentional it that no matter where you are at in your faith uh as it relates to coming here uh to church uh we want we want to accommodate that and but it is a it's this church is a full gospel church uh we believe uh in uh, the, the the gospel of jesus christ the the message of the cross and then the empowerment of the believer. And we try to encourage the believer as best as we can to live the life that God has called them to live. Um, we have a lot of self-helps. We have, uh, uh, celebrate recovery. We have our small groups. We have, uh, a lot of studies that we're, uh, doing right now. We're actually, uh, we're, we're actually in a, it'll happen in a couple weeks where we're working with, um, um, uh, organization that is, uh, uh, we're starting a class called, uh, biblical, uh, citizenship. And it's a powerful class, um, that, uh, that it'll happen in a couple weeks. So we're, 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 diverse in our, um, tools that we try to help people in their faith and, uh you know it's just I don't know I just I obviously I'm a fan <laughs> but uh it's a great place to come you'll definitely feel loved I think that's one of the uh signatures of our church people have said this that when they come into our house they feel a love there there's a tenderness about this body that I can't put to words you just have to come and feel it but it's a sense when you walk in that you are accepted. And, uh, um, you know, that's something where you do your best as a pastor to, you know, train up a staff, train up leadership. But I'll tell you, there's something organic about it that just happens. And it's it's really a beautiful sense because when people say that to me, it's like, you do you realize how loving of a church you have? you know i'm like really <laughs> but uh anyways i that's a compliment to all of the people that go here and serve here
0: well and certainly a compliment to the the stewardship and and, and leadership that you and uh and your uh, your wife uh kyra have provided to the church there at harvest valley Church in Pleasanton. We mentioned at the get go, dynamic, multifaceted, with a very broad ministry, as you've heard, but deeply rooted in the fundamentals of the faith. Now, if you'd like to get more information, we invite you to check out Harvest Valley. Go to harvestvalley.org. That's harvestvalley.org. They meet at 3200 Hopyard Road in Pleasanton, and um, you're doing both in-person and live streams. Uh, Pastor Meekins, is that still Sunday mornings then at 10 a.m.? Yes, it is. Great. So we invite you to check it out online, or better yet, in-person, Harvest Valley Christian Church. You'll find a home there, to be sure. Online at harvestvalley.org. That's harvestvalley.org. Pastor Derek Meekins, thank you so much for sharing your heart, your burden, and some of your perspective with our listeners today.
1: Well, thank you. And if I could just add one more thing, for Easter, we have a great, we're going to have a big extravaganza. We have uh, a ton of eggs we're going to be giving out to kids that come and for all ages and just a great service. And so we just welcome you. Come.
0: and if you're a new to the bay area or looking for a new church home a good place to celebrate easter services at harvest valley church in pleasanton or any sunday for that matter information again on the web at harvestvalley.org